Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. I'm Lee. I'm Eddie. This is Season 5, Episode 1. Here we go. Here we are. Season 5. Season 5, still alive. Still alive. This is um something like 101 episodes. Hello. Can you believe? I refuse to believe. You shouldn't have to. I shouldn't <laughs> ask you. that of you. Thank you. Uh, we've been gone a while. Yeah, that, that happened. That happened, but... um. To make it up to you, we have some very exciting news. Yeah, you gotta stay tuned though because we're nothing if not punishers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so exciting. We've been working really hard on something. Working our hearts out. Absolutely, just like <laughs> <coughs> coughing it up. But uh, no, stick around. We're gonna tell you what that is. There's a special offer just for Crime Time listeners, and you might just love it. All right, guys, this week we are talking about us. Oh, come on. That was unprofessional. Plastic bag just fell over. It's my soft plastics. I need to recycle them. (laughs) All right. Hang on a minute. Let me just... I have to go back to the soft plastics. Okay. Do you really recycle soft plastics as distinct from your hard plastics? Yeah. Uh, So not many people know this, but in Australia, your soft plastics, like plastic bags, chip bags, that sort of thing, uh, can't actually be recycled through the regular recycling channels. And you have to take them to a supermarket where they recycle soft plastics. I had a conspiracy theory that our recycling doesn't actually get recycled. Uh, Fun fact, that's not a conspiracy theory. It's just true. (laughs) Right? So in Australia, recently what happened was that uh, China has been telling other countries for a really long time, hey, guys, we're aiming to be 100% like internal. We're also going to be upping our standards in terms of how clean your recycling needs to be and how like well sorted it has to be for them to buy it hang on a minute our recycling goes to china well it used to wait yeah. just tell me the background first okay so in australia we have the facilities to like recycle or like i don't know very little of what we actually have so what our recycling system has been <laughs> has been we like box it up and then we send it to other countries and are like, hey, can you recycle this for us? <laughs> this is blowing my mind. So a lot of our recycling just goes to warehouses and sits there until <laughs> someone, someone buys it. Like, Australia's like so snooty. It's like, would you like to buy my garbage? <laughs> Why would anyone buy it? Well, because it is actually like resources, like, you know, like that plastic, you can actually recycle it and turn it into new plastic. But Australia is like, I could do that, but I'd like someone else to. Oh my gosh. So China is the main person that Australia sells the recycling to. And China's been saying for a while now, like, this is not high quality garbage, guys. (laughs) Can you like raise the bar? Wait. (laughs) Our garbage is shit. Yeah. Our garbage is literal rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Like, this trash is trash. And so, like, um, Australia's like, they'll just keep taking it. And they haven't. They just haven't, which is really reasonable. Yeah, so they're just like, please stop sending us your awful garbage. <laughs> um, Fair. Like, right? And they've been saying, we're going to raise the standard, like, you know, get get onto it australia has done nothing <laughs> australia's like we did nothing to prepare and now this has happened and it's not our fault oh my god it's just so it's just australian politics <laughs> yeah right so now most of australia's recycling is not actually being recycled because 
we just don't have the facilities to actually do that. I'm sorry I'm not sorry because I needed to hear that. Um, that was fascinating to me, but let's go back to what we're going to be talking about today on the Crime Time podcast. Yeah, well, I think the main crime that's going on is your lack of commitment to recycling. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be talking about Us, which is the recent Jordan Peele thriller. Is it the only thing we're talking about today? Because I could talk about it forever. I mean, no, you're going to have to move on. (laughs) The other thing we're talking about is The Long Walk, which is by none other than The King. Well, I'm going to say technically it was Richard Buckman. Oh. It was one of his uh, more intense novels under his pen name Buckman. When that cover was blown, it got, I guess republished under King's name. I see. But like, I, see. I don't need to be pedantic about it. I mean, I think you might. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting dragged for soft plastics. Like, <laughs> and uh, we're also going to be talking about Ghost Wife by Michelle Dikonoski. Sounds spooky. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. All right. So let me set the scene. I'm hanging out. I'm in my underwear. I'm eating like I'm going to say a bag of raw corn. <laughs> just, was it in a soft plastic? Or a... <laughs> it was in some soft plastic. I'm just like, this is my life. Ding, ding. My phone goes off. Who is it? None other than Lee is like, let's go see us. I had been waiting for months for this film to come out. Yeah. So I'm going to say this is the prequel to your story. <laughs> okay, sure, sure, Think sure. about like a year and a half ago, I'm counting down until Get Out, the first Jordan Peele horror film comes out. Right. I'm sitting at Nova Cinema in Carlton, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, and I just have the, the most amazing cinematic experience of amazing. my life. Jordan Peele swoops in and he just throws horror on its head, makes it very scary and also gives you like something to think about amazing so i knew this second film was coming i knew he had a bigger budget and i knew that he was a hardcore horror fan so i'm just waiting for it to come out yeah ding 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 it comes out i text you so then i'm like all right this is great i gotta put some pants on i put some pants on i hide some corn in the pockets because i might get snacky we go to the cinema first of all we go to the food court i get a salad i hide that salad in my pockets that did happen i can vouch for that I'm like, what if I get hungry midway through this movie? Modern movies, they're really long. Yeah, us went for a long time. Right? And I feel like the difference between you and I is that you often go to the toilet in the middle of a film, yeah. which I think is like, I can't deal with that. Like, if if I ever need to go to the toilet during a film, I like run. I'm like, no, I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, I always abandon you in horror films. <laughs> right? And I'm like sitting there like, don't want to close my <laughs> Lupita Nyong'o. First of all, she's so beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. Hasn't had a main character role since she won the Oscar. Ooh. But uh, we won't go into that right now. <laughs> like, um, she was robbed. She was robbed. But uh, main character, stunning. Uh, we kind of get the sense that something happened to her when she was a kid that was traumatic, not so good when she was at a fairground. Yeah. Can I just say, though, before we even start on the actual, like, stuff that yeah. went on in the film. Yeah. So I feel like it's called Us, which is a classic joke. Like, so there was a film, I think it's from the 40s or the 50s. Mm, It's a talkie, so I'm going to say 50s. And uh, it's called Them. Mm. And it's about giant ants coming out of the sewers. You know what I'm saying? Some subterranean tunnels. And they come out of these tunnels and no one ever says giant ants. They always say Them. Mm. I have Because I saw us... Before I saw it with you. I can't believe I went, you've done this. <laughs> I went the, the day before I saw it with you 
so I went twice in a row. But yeah. before we went to see it, you told me about this this mm. this old stuff, and I was like, oh my god, that's so interestingly related to the film. Yeah. So keep going. So. So when Us started and it had that really incongruous thing about there's all these tunnels underneath the world, most of them we don't know what they're for. I'm like, what? That's so strange. And I was like, is it ants? (laughs) Is it it ants? (laughs) Because Jordan Peele is such a horror film buffer. There was like a million nods to a million horror films. And it starts out with this intense, like really classic, I'm going to say 70s, 80s horror film opening credits which is just the names going on the screen Mm. uh, with a slow pan out and a really intense musical score Mm. and I think that that's such a classic for the like horror like like the horror buff in me was just like yes this is some Hitchcock moment eat this up oh this is like Kubrick but like Kubrick's on a motorbike speaking of which Jordan Peele going around doing the interviews for the release of Mm -hmm. um, Us he was wearing the exact outfit that Jack Nicholson was wearing in The Shining oh my god when he went about trying to kill his family he's such a (laughs) Fucking nerd. But like didn't mention it. Right? Like, the, the of course world he just didn't. Up on it. <laughs> this family goes on a holiday. The main character Adelaide starts getting this funny feeling that something bad might happen and then out of the blue this family turns up on their front uh, their front doorstep uh, and it looks just like them. Yeah. I uh, think doppelganger. Exactly. Twins. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the classic thing of the twins in the Overlook Hotel, yeah. there are twins in this who are actual twins, mm. not just doubles. Mm. And uh there's a moment where where they mirror a twin moment from 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 The Shining. I won't say which moment. It's brilliant. It, it's so good though. And the little kid, the whole time, the little guy is wearing a Jaws t-shirt, which is Jordan Peele's favorite horror film. Is it? Yeah. One of my favorite moments in the new Ghostbusters film is when. Uh, they're trying to convince the mayor that he has to do something about the ghost problem and they're like, you don't want to be like the mayor from Jaws. And he's like, don't you ever compare me to the mayor from Jaws! And I'm like, yes. That's literally ideal. So I don't really want to, I want people to go and see us. It's still out in cinemas and I I don't really want to say too much other than, uh, gosh, it made me think. Yeah, so I was really expecting to have the absolute pants scared off me. That's why I put pants on. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I should double bag this situation. <laughs> so I put myself plastic pants on and then some other pants on top. I think that for me, there was less of those moments of sheer terror mm. and more of those moments of like shock from from how how it was making me think you know what i mean like and this is something that because i've not yet seen get out but i hear that jordan peele does this kind of thing where you know the thing that's horrifying isn't what's actually on screen it's the implications Mm. of what's happening and i think that that for me was so impactful i was sitting there in my seat and sure there was like jump scares and these sorts of moments but the things that really scared me were just the what comes next from what this is like yeah it's like an unfinished sentence Mm. is is the way that I feel like about it it's that this this sentence ends somewhere awful but he's not finishing it there's no full stop Mm. and and I think that that for me was the the really scary part Mm. of us 
I think um, I was because I want to go see Pet Cemetery, the new Stephen King film. Oh, is it out? Uh, it's out. So it's wanna, out right now. Yeah. Let's go. Well, I want to go see it, but then I was like, well, I just saw Us. How am I going to go see just a regular horror film right? when I've seen the films that Jordan Peele is making? So, yeah. for example, like I feel like people have had a long, a long enough time, and you can like I watched Get Out like five times. Yeah. Um, and I, I I would say that maybe the horror of Get Out is like white supremacy. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so how do you create monsters bigger than that? I don't think you can. No, and um, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's what he does. He like he he takes a mirror and he holds it up to you and he says, you know, this is what this is what we look like or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, what's more horrific than that? Absolutely, and I think that that's the thing that's so impactful about us is that it's not them Mm. it's us Mm. it's us yeah yeah and that like there's not us without them it's like yeah you can't be you can't exist without the other and yeah you can't be free without someone else not being free absolutely Um, yeah it's It's horrifying absolutely and and it reminds me of this really um impactful short story i think it's ursula Le Guin. apologies if it's not but it's called the ones who walk away from omelas and i would definitely recommend that people read that one because i think it really encapsulates it for me mm. I guess Jordan Peele said there's a, there's multiple meanings for every single thing every mm, single image mm, and mm. Um, outcome in the film so I guess I don't really want to give anything away but go yeah. see it 5 out of 5 adored it um, actually I gave it 8 when I saw it in the cinema 8 out of 10 and then when I went and spoke about it I gave it like a 9 out of 10 Ooh. so I like the, the talking about the film things just keep getting better better wow Yeah, no, I I think for me, I've just, I've got to give it a 10. Mm. There were moments in it where I was just like, absolutely like laughing. There were moments where I was terrified. And, and I just think that like, well, first of all, I think comedy is really difficult to pull off in horror. And he does it. He does it. It, it, It's, it's amazing. Shout out to dad character. (laughs) Yes. Oh, he just keeps going. And just that the, each character, each actor is playing two characters yeah. that are so distinct that, ah, so good. Absolutely. I, I'm just going to say it. Go see it. Get your shit together. Get some pants on. Put some corn in those pockets. <laughs> get to the cinema. <laughs> All right. So Richard Bachman. A.K.A. Stephen King. We've covered this. I was scrolling Insta the other day. Right. Uh, Stephen King is very active on social media. Oh, is he now? He is. And he put up a picture, which was paperwork that he'd signed that was saying um, that he's given his writing agency, Paradigm Agency is what they're called. Right. He's given them an ultimatum that they get good with the Writers Guild of America and come through for the writers. Wow. Uh, I guess like union style. Yeah. Or he's leaving. <gasps> and could you imagine losing oh Stephen my King? <laughs> Can you imagine that conversation with your boss? Like how'd today go? Oh yeah, you know, it's pretty good it's pretty good it's pretty good um just one small problem one hitch just a little bit of a little blip (laughs) uh so you know uh steven oh uh, steven king oh yeah 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 steven steven king yeah what about him he's um how do i put this he's uh He's not a scab. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't no scab. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of people on um, Insta are being like, oh, no, this is out of line. You shouldn't get involved in this. What? And I'm just like, why not? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Hello? So this brings me to The Long Walk. Okay. It was written a long time ago, like the 1980s. Um, <laughs> when, when was that? <laughs> But 
I, I loved it. It was horrible. Um, can I just say, speaking of that being a long time ago, um, I saw a tweet that was someone who was like grading papers and they said a student of mine just called the 90s the late 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, look, it's technically true, but that's too much. So The Long Walk. All right. Horrible premise. And it gave me major Shirley Jackson vibes, the lottery. Right, right. I thought you were going to say B.O. because whoo! <laughs> No, so like this thing, you know, these these traditions happen as in the lottery yep. and we can't really like link them back to something and they're horrific in and of themselves, but they speak to a broader issue of badness, right? Right, sure. Something along those lines. So in uh, The Long Walk, there's a hundred boys every year that go on a long walk and they just literally walk right. until there's only one boy standing. I'm sorry, that's horrible. And they have, you know, if they, they slow down, they get one warning, they get two warnings, they get three warnings. They get shot. Fuck! Yeah, really awful. That's horrible. But with Stephen King, he does such beautiful coming of age type yeah. story. Uh-huh. So he's like, this has got this main character who I can't even remember his name right now. I'm sorry, character. It's probably he was, Stephen. He was a beautiful character, <laughs> but it was just about him bonding with all these other boys along their journey and unpacking why they had taken part in this. And uh, I guess at the end, not really being able to understand what they were doing until there's only one boy standing. Incredibly. Uh, intense themes yeah i mean i feel like because we've spoken about a few buckman books before we talk about the running man gave me um, very similar feels yeah like a time of desperation so that the, the the winner would win everything they wanted for the rest of their lives so both of these books i think are set in the future they feel very old to me but yeah. i guess it was the yeah. 1980s idea of oh, the future. i love the 80s future <laughs> when they're like yes look at my space phone <laughs> yeah. it's got a really long cable yeah. i'm like yeah <laughs> so there's you know food shortages and just intense poverty and yeah you know the setup I I do I do yeah and and so it seems like Richard Buckman as opposed to books published under King Mm. they're a little bit more brutal they are a little bit more stark yeah yeah and I love them they're fabulous yeah but uh they're intense yeah how many broken childhoods out of five would you give it I give it four uh-huh. Only because, yep. instead of five, yep. I think Stephen King books are so friggin' long. Yep. Um, <laughs> which can be Ooh. great because, you know, I love a good long book, but I think yep. sometimes I'm just a bit like, I need to wrap this up. <laughs> I got other things to do. you like, someone, like the orchestra starts yeah. playing him out. <laughs> He's like, and I want to thank my manager and I'm not a scab. And you're like, all right, wrap it up, Steve. Wrap but, it up. But then I realize I've still got another quarter to go. But... <gasps> That's my issue. Right, yeah. You're like, skip to the end. But who am I to tell Stephen King to edit? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're a reader. You read. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, so I was in the uh, bookshop. You love a good bookshop. I love a good bookshop. And, uh, you know me, I'm always looking for something a bit spooky. Ooh. So I saw this title. It's called Ghost Wife Ooh. by Michelle Dikinoski and I thought, well, hello. Is there someone that has a ghost for a wife? Well, see, this is this is the question that I really thought was burning inside of me. I picked it up off the shelf. I said, I need to know. I must. <laughs> I must know. So I just I threw some money at the cashier. They were like, please don't take that book. That's not enough money. I walked out of there. Please I was like, don't throw bam, money in my bam, face. Bam. They were like, I work in the service industry, but I'm still a human being. I was like, none of that. <laughs> So I like marched on out of there. I was like, yeah, I can't wait to get spooked. 
open the first page, I was like, yeah, Ghost Wife, can't wait. It reminds me of a film I saw called Ghost Cat. I wonder if it's any similar. Well, see, I was like, hello, is uh, is Ellen Page in this? <laughs> is, is it the sequel to Ghost Cat <laughs> where she marries the cat? No, that's too far. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> That's what I hear. So I open it up, uh, expecting a good old spook. A romp. Yeah. I should have read the whole cover. Because <laughs> it's called Ghost Wife, and then it says, A Memoir of Love and Defiance. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that was more information there. Yeah. Lem- I, I sh- this is why you should uh, judge a book by more than the top part <laughs> of its cover. Michelle Dukinoski has found the love of her life and now she just wants to get married and live happily ever after. The only problem is she's in love with an American woman, Heather, and neither Australia nor America recognise same-sex marriage. Ah, oh, <laughs> that's not scary. That's just really sad and out of date, right? Like it I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm glad to it. glad to say it's out of date. <laughs> <laughs> no one's got any ghost wives anymore in those two particular countries. <laughs> but he said something along the lines of she was crossing a bridge. Yeah. Okay. So so it what it is is it's a it's a nonfiction uh, memoir slash also a bit of a history on different types of marriages different marriage practices but also kind of looking at these you know queer relationships where they're not kind of recognized and so she gets married to her wife in Canada and then after they've had their very legal wedding they get on the road to go to the US Mm -hmm. and they're crossing this bridge that you know one side is Canada the other side is the US and she's saying you know she says uh, you know at one at what point on this bridge does my marriage cease to exist? Um, in the eyes of the state. In the eyes of the state, obviously. Yeah. You know, <laughs> smash the state. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, yeah, so it, it's a really beautiful memoir. It's got some really amazing stuff, like just like really beautiful and weird anecdotes. And I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I would give it four ghost wives out of five that's actually quite lovely it sounds all jokes aside quite interesting yeah yeah and obviously i was disappointed it was not a spook a minute <laughs> you were looking for a supernatural extravaganza right i was hoping you know you open it up it, there's a beautiful wedding they get married but then you lift up the veil what casper the ghost Ghost wife! No, 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 no. <laughs> right? Who are you gonna call? Ghost wife! Uh, idea, All right, thought, go. comment. Yep. Canada to America is what New Zealand is to Australia. The yeah. superior place. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I would, I would generally agree in that. And I'm about to drag everyone. Go on. Right? In that they're all colonial states. One of them's doing slightly better and then gets really self-congratulatory <laughs> about it. Yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> okay, Eddie. So the time has come to reveal our big news. Okay, guys. So we've been away for a little while. We haven't actually been resting on our laurels. We haven't. So Eddie and I have been working on a project. Top secret. But today we're going to reveal 
that we are launching a digital literary service for writers. So we offer beta reading and sensitivity reading. We offer full beta readings or express beta readings, so just the first few chapters. Yeah. Uh, we also offer combination packages, so you can get your book sensitivity read and beta read right. at the same time. You're like, I'm at the sensitivity read. Yeah. I'm at the beta read. Yeah. I'm at the combination <laughs> sensitivity beta read. <laughs> so what is beta reading? Lee, tell me about it. Uh, it's when you test drive a manuscript as if you were just a regular, let it simply pick the book yeah. up off a shelf. Right. Only we're no regular readers. We're no regular readers. <laughs> we're Lee and Eddie from Crime Time Podcast. <laughs> and our amazing array of uh, readers, literary scholars, much like myself. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, mental health professionals. We talk about this a lot. Portrayals of psychosis or like psychopathy in thriller, crime, all of that kind of stuff. And, and often you're like, eh. Could be better. Could be better. Could be better. So we're going about collecting people that uh, have incredible insight to bring to the uh, manuscript writing process. Fully. So we've had a lot of people over the years come contact us and be like, hey, can we get you to read uh, our work? And, and, and get back to us on it. So that that's what a beta read is. We like test drive it. We see, you know, are there plot holes? Does it seem sensitively written? Yeah. And I guess friends and family can be an amazing resource throughout the writing process. Yeah. But uh, a beta reader is able to freshly and objectively review that manuscript yeah. for you. So we talk about the plot's consistency, the structural effectiveness, the pacing, the voice, the characterization, the readability, yeah. and the reader satisfaction. And uh, what is this wonderful service called? Uh, it's called Frank and Co. What? Frank and Co. Because we are frank and honest. And frank and professional. What? We're frank and you. (laughs) No, seriously though, we have put our blood, sweat and tears into this project. You can find us on frankcoreaders.com. Any questions, get in touch on the website frankcoreaders.com. Yeah. Or, you know, obviously you can go to crimetimepod.com and uh, click a link. Click a link. What? But uh, until next time, guys, it's been great. It's been real. Yeah. See ya.